0: You are listening to episode number 60 of the Fit Successful Dad podcast. What's up, everybody? Welcome to episode 60 of the Fit Successful Dad podcast. And today I've got a guest that I've been interested in having on the show for a long time. He's someone I've been following for a long time as well. And uh, it took several months for us to finally connect and get this thing happening. Uh, But I finally was able to carve out the time and he was finally able to carve out the time and we got together and we had an awesome discussion. And that is what you are going to hear here in a few minutes. Uh, His name is Dan Martell and he's an awesome guy. If you're not following him, Go to his YouTube, check it out. He's got tons of content. He posts videos every single week. And this is not just your typical motivational stuff, although he is great at that, but he's got tons and tons and tons of practical advice and practical value to bring to you. It's all free. It's all on YouTube. And this is coming from someone who has been there, done that many, many times. Uh, so Dan Martelli is the father of two. He's got two kids, Mighty Max and Noble Noah, and they both play hockey. So they're both cool in my book right off the bat. <laughs> (laughs) Uh, He's married. And uh, in this interview, you'll hear about how Dan was diagnosed with ADHD at eight years old. And he also goes on to talk about what that has enabled him to do over the years and how he was able to turn that into a superpower. And that superpower has led him to be ultra successful, not just in business, not just in investing, not just in speaking, but life. So he's, again, he's a parent. He's a husband. He's got a, an excellent family dynamic, and we do dive into that and some of the things that he does on a regular basis to make sure that that family dynamic stays strong and that it the core pillars are in place at all times. Uh, so there's tons of value in this interview. Uh, stick around, check it out, and definitely follow up with Dan Martell. Uh, you can reach out to him at any of the links in the show notes or just jump over and find him on YouTube. And without further ado, let me introduce to you the one and only Dan Martell. Okay, guys, we are back with Dan Martell, someone that I am absolutely stoked to finally have on the podcast. It's been a long time coming. Uh, Dan, my man, how are you doing today, my friend?
1: Gordon, I am doing fan-freaking-tastic. I uh, just want to say thanks for having me on, and uh, always always fun connecting with a like-minded uh, uh, person. I know uh, we share a lot of the same values, so it's going to be great.
0: Yeah, this is awesome. This is really cool. Um, so you've done a ton of stuff. Uh, you're a serial entrepreneur. You're an investor. You're a speaker. Um, you're, you, know, I, you got tons of stuff out on like YouTube. Um, you're big on that content. Um, you are a coach for different SaaS entrepreneurs and companies. You've got two kids. You've got all this stuff going on. Um, but why don't you just take a second, kind of tell everyone in a short summary, you know, who you are, and then more importantly, what has you excited right now?
1: Yeah, so um, I grew up in Canada, so Canadian. Um,
0: Wait, can I stop you right I, there? What's that? Do you, uh, you play ice hockey?
1: No, so it's funny as I'm the only Canadian that's never played <laughs> hockey, so I'll apologize. My two boys definitely love hockey, and I don't know where it came from, um, but we play every night now. So yes, I play, but not on ice. I've never put a pair of skates on.
0: No kidding. All right. Crazy. Crazy. <laughs> well,
1: and I have a good reason. So, so what people need to understand is, is you know, uh, I'm an entrepreneur. I can't help but create. Um, chaos is, is kind of where I feel at peace. And a lot of that came from just um, kind of the upbringing I had. I, I kind of grew up in a pretty troubled house home. My mom was an alcoholic. My dad was in sales. So kind of always on the road and traveling. And, you know, I got diagnosed, I think, when I was eight years old um, with ADHD, which today I consider a superpower. But back then, um, I, I thought I was broken. You know, I had to take a pill every day and uh, people used to talk about me have my back and um, yeah, so I just started kind of building some kind of anger issues. And when I was 11, I got taken out of my house and put in the foster care and group homes and didn't really react properly or well to those scenarios. And by the time I was uh, 13, I discovered drugs and things just snowballed out of uh, control. So yeah, I ended up in jail twice by the time I was 17, almost took my life. And, um, it was in rehab that I discovered computer programming and it became my new addiction, and that's that is the basis of all the business stuff. Was really my new passion in life since you know almost twenty years now has been building
0: and creating products that other people use through through the internet and mobile apps. Now it's, it drives everything. Oh, that is awesome! So, how old were you, were you when you um, when you got into programming?
1: Uh, Seventeen. A little Java a little book, a yellow book on Java programming. It was in one of the cabins at the rehab center I was uh, I was at. I did eleven months in therapy and um towards the end of that I was helping one of the uh the, the kind of the guards guy um clean out a cabin and I found a computer and a book and Hello World was the first thing I coded. <laughs> and um and then when I got out I discovered the internet and it turned out to be kind of a big deal. Yeah, yeah. No, that's Just a bit. That's my dad cool. always said, he goes, if you could just find something you're passionate about that wasn't illegal, uh, I think you'd do well in life. And uh, <laughs> I had two passions at that time. I had botany, for obvious reasons, to some of you guys might figure that out, <laughs> and the programming. And my dad said, you could always have a garden as a hobby. You're going to go into this comp- computer stuff. So that's that was the track I took.
0: Uh, that's too funny. That's too funny. Uh, so I, I do like to ask this question because I like to get uh, people's perspectives. And it's always different. It's always unique and interesting. Uh, but it 's two thousand and seventeen you 're you 're very aware of what 's going on you know you 're on twitter all the time you 're on youtube so you're, you know, you 're very socially involved uh What has you excited today?
1: You know I spent a lot of my time um in the software space and really on the the i mean not even bleeding edge i mean it 's literally the edge of what 's possible and uh it 's really around artificial intelligence so um, I've always believed, in, and that's why I coach a lot of um, kind of successful SaaS or agency owners that have like dev shops or, or, or design shops um, migrate from trading you know time for money to building uh, a product to get leverage and all that fun stuff. And the opportunity has always been like, you know, every business process in the world is going to be eaten by software. I mean, people would have never thought like the taxi industry is going to be disrupted. It's like, how would that even be possible? And it's like Uber, you know, one of the most valued companies in the least amount of time. Um, So everything is going to be eaten by software. But now what's happened is is not only is it going to be software, it's going to be intelligent. Um, So it's kind of like what tools do people use today and and which ones are ripe for disruption leveraging artificial intelligence and machine learning and big data and all that fun stuff so that's that's really where you know i nerd out on the um the tech (laughs) side and and with my clients are you getting into any of that stuff yourself um so my wife could tell you she's sick of me watching like i'm I'm i I learned how to code so like i went from like coding everything for a long time to, you know, uh, two, three, two companies ago deciding, like, I'm, I probably introduced more bugs than is worth the time of, of, you know, it was not where I should be spending <laughs> my time. So luckily I've, I've gotten good at hiring incredible people. Um, but I still love to understand how things are made. Right. So like I watch YouTube videos every night on, you know all these technologies and how they're programmed and coded and the, the methodologies and the algorithms and you know what companies are doing what and and what's the what's possible and and really i just look for patterns and try to figure out like if this thing over here kind of had a baby with this thing over here, then that could be really powerful and valuable to the market. Um, The problem with technology is always like you've got to find a customer that has a pain. You can't find a technology and try to force it into a market that you can. It just takes you like 10 times longer and you'll probably run out of money and time. You're better off finding a problem and then saying what's 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 available
0: um, to solve that problem uh, from a technology point of view. Yeah, okay. That's that's really cool. You know, I have an mm-hmm. electrical engineering background and we had um we had to take I don't know, three or four programming courses in undergraduate and graduate uh curriculum. And those like low are the level or- ASIC stuff, right? Dude, this is uh this so, was so you it, when you said hello world, it just took me all back. So yeah, <laughs> You know what of, I'm talking about, man. Yeah, a, a lot really of nostalgia bad. there. Um yeah. but those were the only courses that I and maybe there was some um uh, questionable activity as to how I went about passing. Uh, you know, I may or may not have like exploited the system a little bit. Uh, I don't like it. Never did. I hate programming. It is what it is. But that's cool, though. You know, I mean, you've obviously made a tremendous amount of success on it. So that's that's interesting. Coding it guys, saved, are, literally,
1: it saved my life. So um, don't don't code anymore for the most part. Um, study it, but um, you know, there's just it's it's you know, as I create today, it's always about leverage and and you know, kind of building the ideal day. And and all this stuff relates to you know you know trying to be a fit you know and and you know good dad and a, a good husband but um, yeah that's that's my world is um, trying to know it's possible and find the customers that have the pain and putting teams together and building companies
0: yeah that's great man uh, all right so a lot of my listeners are parents and uh, not all of them but a lot of them and you have a pretty crazy story that I want to ask you about so you you guys had uh, you and your wife you had two kids in two years while building multiple businesses and then just on top of that, just for kicks, you also decided to what build two houses? That was that
1: was I mean, <laughs> this is the thing, is when you're not thinking and it's just like you're just trying to tread water, any any option is a good idea. I mean, it was just literally it was the sequence and it wasn't until it was all kind of done that we looked back and said, Did this just happen? <laughs> um Yeah, I mean, my I started a company called Clarity. We raised 1.6 million in funding. We had incredible investors like Mark Cuban and some of the top investors in Valley. My wife decided to start a new agency with a business partner, Um, and you know, three months after those decisions were made, she comes home and tells me that she's pregnant. I'm like, oh my gosh. Then we're like, okay, well let's let's um, let's stay in San Francisco you know, we're both Canadian, we both, you know, love free healthcare, we love being close to family for support, because we're both entrepreneurs, so why don't we build a, kind of like a summer home up in the East Coast where I'm from, and that way we'll spend like three to four months a year there, and we'll still be in San Francisco, and that's what and that was like the genesis, I, oh, that sounds like a good idea, my brother's a home builder, <laughs> um, <laughs> nobody ever sat down and said like, building a new house is its own project, so we did that, and then, um, you know, she's pregnant, she's trying to build her business, or trying to make sure a business partner doesn't kill her. Um, and uh, and then we came back to Canada to have the baby. And I think it was three months to the day of max. Or no, it's they're four months apart. So um, yeah, so three months, I think, because uh, she would have been pregnant. Uh, she tells me she's pregnant again. And we're like, oh, crap. All right, let's make a big decision. We'll build our kind of like forever home. And that was, you know, like we started building two months after that. It was it was nuts. And uh, it, it, a lot of this stuff we could talk about was the reason why we were still together and madly in love. And she's, you know, she's my queen and just, you know, my best friend. And but there was there was everything that possibly could go bad, and went bad. <laughs> and luckily we just applied kind of the uh, entrepreneurial mindset to it. I mean, it was really about problem solve it and then looking for patterns in business growth. To get inspiration, so a lot of my stuff that I share today with with friends of mine that are in similar situations is 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 pulled from the business literature, which is hilarious.
0: So, (laughs) on a day to day basis, uh, you know, I guess it probably it was it looks like it was more of a gradual thing as these things started to compound over time. You know, the Mm -hmm. kids as the pregnancy went on and you know, you decided to build that second house and stuff. And as the businesses got like more into, uh, out of their infancy, uh, but as, as those things started to really ramp up, what was the day to day? Like if, if you can even describe it.
1: Oh my God. I mean, there was, it's so funny. Cause like, I mean, it was, it was horrible. I mean, I can, I, I'd have to let my wife speak for herself. Cause like, you know, she, she, I think, you know, she had a challenge around postpartum that she's talked about publicly. So I'm not, you know, opening up anything, but, um, you know, she went back to the office after three weeks cause she felt like a, a real sense of, of va- like for whatever reason that was like meditation for her. So she, she, you know, she went back super early. We were lucky that my brother's wife at the time had a daycare and he had just had a kid. So we actually were open to having them support us and like helping with the kid uh, childcare wise because essentially they'd be going to a daycare air quotes with their cousin. Um, so that was super fortunate of us, but it was it was literally block and tackle. Like was staying I mean we and, and I I did 50-50. Like I I changed probably more diapers than she did because I was trying to kind of overcompensate for the fact that, you know, she also physically went through some, you know, crazy hormonal challenges. So the day to day was nuts and and for a long time probably 16 months it almost felt like i was drunk all the time because you weren't sleep i mean if you want to torture somebody wake them up every hour and a half and make them walk (laughs) around for 10 minutes and let them sleep for another 90 minutes and do it you know do that all night like there's just something about lack of sleep that just messes with somebody in a way that you don't understand like you know Like one night in college, waking up and not sleeping is one thing, but like having that be the norm is on a different level. And then we, and and it lasted long because we went and had another kid right away. It's crazy. Um, And I've got investors and I'm trying to schedule travel and I'm hiring people and I'm flying. I mean, it was, it it was um, the most, the hardest, the most taxing because at the same time, you know, I grew up in a, in um, a less than perfect family and I guess I wanted to not have that happen again. I made a you know I made a real big decision in my life that when I become a father, I'm not gonna you know um, do the same things and, and change my value systems to make sure that I was present and involved. And so it wasn't as easy as just hiring somebody to to take care of the kids. I you know it was trying to be a great entrepreneur and a and a, and a leader at work and then also be present and helpful at, at home. And and those are sometimes um, schizophrenic head spaces.
0: <laughs> I love that, though. That's that's a really good way to put it. And, uh, you know, it, it sounds like so I only have one kid, but it sounds like, um, you know, having that second one even just added to this. But having a child, it, it definitely creates a resiliency going through those night after night after night of of just really not getting any long-term, long-duration sleep.
1: That's the problem. It's that long-term sleep, right? It's it's that, um, you know, going from one day of zombie right into the night again. And, you know, and then on the health side, if you want to even then bring in, like, how do you stay fit? Well, it's like, you know, your your willpower is depleted to, like, negative 20, and you're, like, up there trying to, like, feed this human being, and you're like, man, I really want to have some yogurt or something. Like, it's so funny. If I tell you the amount of, what was it? It was, like, Denon, like, super creamy yogurt i don't know like <laughs> we would never buy that today but like i probably ate a hundred cal or a thousand calories of yogurt just because like every time i'd wake up i'd have one you know and it's like <laughs> five at night and it's like why did i just put on 10 pounds it's like so it was it was interesting to say the least but um yeah i think you know what 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 doesn't kill you makes you stronger you know like no, no pressure, no diamonds. And um, that definitely um, created this this really great core and foundation for us to, to continue to push what's possible in our lives, both on a business and, and per- personal and kind of a family level.
0: Yeah, man. Uh, so, okay, so you were already an entrepreneur you know, before you had kids, you already were building businesses and stuff. But um, how would you say that your career as an entrepreneur and going down that entrepreneurial path has affected your parenting outlook and or perspective? It you know, if you can even describe that.
1: It's a, you know, what's funny? It's everything. So so what's funny is. Um, I've always, I've never had a problem with work, right? And I would say to, you know, in my early career, twenty, you know, from seventeen to like twenty, almost thirty, I was a workaholic, hundred hours a week, didn't care, was just part of how it was, was super motivated, driven to like, you know, maybe prove my dad wrong, like whatever was driving me back then, um, that was my reality. But then I was always really bad in the relationship. So then I kind of stepped back one day and said, like, why am I so good in business but so shitty in, like, being a partner for somebody? So I went on this kind of, like, three-year journey of just, like, how do I be good for somebody in a relationship and how does that work? So, you know, same thing I did with business. I studied the books. I met the experts. I went to, you know, events and, and you know, just really tried to understand that concept. And what happened is when we started our family, I just kind of used that same logic and said okay, what do I do in my business that 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 I can port over to, um, to the family life, right? Yeah. And so it was like simple things like planning, right? Like maybe a weekly meeting, maybe quarterly offsites, maybe like all these things, you know, daily stand-ups, um, you know, uh, agile development, like it sounds super nerdy, but it's the you know there's a reason why it helps you scale an organization of people like building a business to 100 people is way more complicated than trying to figure out how to raise a kid or two kids Um, and there's a reason why there's science in organizational development and process of communication and leadership and setting visions and all that stuff. It's like, why not borrow and be inspired from that and apply it to the family construct? And that's, that's what my wife and I both did. And we were both on board for that. And we continue to iterate and test, but um, we do all of that, you know? And I, and I think if you want, we can, we can dive into some concepts that I think would be really helpful for those entrepreneurial families. But, um, that would it the business stuff has driven um, i would say 80% of of how we show up for each other and for our kids
0: wow man that that's awesome 80% um, i am curious can you just provide like maybe one example of, of what you might have ported over from your kind of business perspective to you know how you can make sure that you're there and that you're doing everything possible to to be present and be block the
1: time yeah block time's the first
0: one so like
1: if you know I, I say to people all the time from a business point of view, you know, show me your calendar and I'll show you your priorities. Um, if you don't have in your calendar when you're going to spend time with your partner, when you're going to spend, you know, quality time with your kids and have a strategy for that, then it's not important. So, you know, I have fathers say, oh, my kids are number one. I go, yeah, cool. Show me your calendar. Where, <laughs> where is it scheduled? Like, well, that's just crazy. I don't need to schedule it. All right, cool. Then you're just going to let the rest of the world pull on you and set your priorities. You wouldn't do that in business.
0: Well, so well, he, here, here's the thing yeah. with that, though. People seem to see that as um, almost overthinking it. Like, totally. I had people know?
1: say, like, if you need to schedule time alone with your kids, and you're fucking, you know, it's yeah, like, exactly, yeah. No, it's not, man. It's life happens, you know. So every every ninety days in my calendar, I do, uh, you know, another example is, is a board meeting with my boys. Right. And I got this from Jim Shields. uh, Jim, Jim Shield wrote a book called family board meetings and there's a structure to it and there's a ritual. And we sit, you know, they go, Hey, it's our board meeting today. My kids are three and four. You know what I mean? And it's, we do what they want to do for four hours. And then we go have a meal where they want to eat and we talk. And I started doing this two years ago when it made no sense because I want it to be part of our, our family heritage and culture. Right. And I think like, why is it overthinking it? I, I, here's, you know what? I'm going to say this and I don't care if I piss people off because they need to hear it. They spend more time figuring out what effing car they want to buy than what school their kids should go to. And that's going to stop. I'm so, I'm so pissed off at the lack of caring around probably the most important role that you'll ever have in your life, um, to, to self-educate and understand, is there a better way? So if you think that over, that sounds like too scheduled, I don't care. (laughs) <laughs> I know that, that it feels great for my kids and for myself. And, and that way, when all of a sudden I get an invite from a good friend to go spend three days on this magical island, I say no, because it's, it's, my, it's the time for my boy and I. And that's in there. And that's, that's, that's a big rock. And that's in stone. And that's what, how I decide I want to show up. And my actions matter more than what I say.
0: That's beautiful, man. I love it. <laughs> I do. Yeah, we have, uh, we have Super Tuesday in my house, actually. That's family time awesome Tuesday. Yeah. It's in the calendar. It's in the calendar. If it's on the calendar,
1: (laughs) I feel like the rest of the world can, can, can argue for that attention. And sometimes it's, it's hard to say no.
0: Yeah, no, that's, that's great, man. That's, that's really cool. Um, and then I guess in a roundabout way you sort of answer this, but vice versa, how has it like um, uh, implementing those things into your, your home life and being a parent affected your career decisions and your entrepreneurial actions?
1: Yeah. I mean, um, what I what I believe, and it's actually like we have, I have a manifesto I create, and this is my personal manifesto, not a family mess, manifesto. If you just go to Dan Martell, DanMartell slash manifesto, you can go look at it. You know, it's 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 the whole wall of my garage when I drive in. It's on my wall in my house. I can see it. Um, and one of them is, uh, you know, you got to embrace your constraints. And I think that what happens is um, it forces you to make a different set of decisions that you would make if you were single or if you didn't have kids. And is it good or bad, or is it just is right? The fact that you won the gene, you know, uh, lottery, and you 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 were born in the U.S. or in Canada or some incredible country versus not, is and it, it's just a situation. It's a constraint, right? So, um, you know, for me, uh, as I decided, kind of how I wanted to. To scale my my next business and just like even the reason I create my YouTube channels because I didn't want to speak. I, I get asked to speak every all the time and I say no. I do like I think I have four slots a year that I'll say yes to, and that is 100% a byproduct of my boys. Right, I don't want to be that dad that I had that was always on the road, and it would be easy for me to justify it um, for thousands of reasons, but I you know I don't. So I just think you have to embrace your constraints. And, and start with the big rocks, put them in your calendar, and then try to work around them. And what ends up happening is those things uh, allow you to figure out uh, creative solutions that in hindsight are actually more, that are better. So like my YouTube videos that I started creating instead of speaking have probably been more valuable and highly, higher leverage than the speaking would have been. Um, and that was a byproduct and not strategic by any means. Of just saying, I'm not going to be on planes and being away from my kids all the time.
0: Wow do you, Do you think people actually see it that way? And and what I mean by that is a video, con- like a, a piece of video content, versus being present on a stage for an event that they paid for. Do you think people are going to take as much stock out of a video as they would no see the person?
1: No, it's yeah. not the same thing, right? And
0: no. and so, but they're not- different,
1: right? And they and and do I know that some people hear me today and they've never heard me before and then go spend the next six hours watching all my youtube videos yeah i do so is that more valuable than a 45 minute keynote i think so (laughs) so it's it's all relative and 45 minute keynotes done for the most part when i get off stage whereas my youtube videos are going to be around forever and continue to add value and continue to grow from a google point like i mean it's just incredible now all of a sudden i have this library that's these, you know, seven minute point solutions, ideas. And I started the YouTube channel just, you know, for my two boys. So on top of that, like they now have a library. I think a lot of people they get to a point where, you know, and this is what happened to me. I have a friend that, uh, you know, had two girls exact same age as my boys max, like plus or minus a few months and tell me that uh, he just had got a diagnosis and he had three years to live and it, it crushed me. And I think, you know, because I started thinking about what would I do think, say, prepare if I knew only had three. And three years is a weird amount of time, right? It's like it's not six months and it's not ten years. And I asked him, "What, what do you, you know, how are you dealing with it?" And he said he shot all these videos. And I said, "Well, I don't need to wait to get these ideas out there." So the early videos I did on YouTube were all about like finding your purpose and dealing with challenges and getting mentors and all this stuff. And then now it's kind of evolved more. Cause like it's, you know, I, I, I have a responsibility to the tens of thousands of subscribers to actually put out content that's, um, that's kind of more on point for them. But you know, it's, it's almost like my kids could start at video one and kind of work their way through it. And, and I think that would be a good, a good journey. That's awesome, man. That yeah. Really
0: is. Um, so how often are you, uh, putting more content like how, how often are you shooting I publish
1: a, I publish on my YouTube every Monday um, I produce Facebook lives every Thursday I do um, daily posts on social media every day um, yeah I produce I mean I produce a lot of content I'm, I'm a big fan of documenting your work and in doing so when I feel inspired I, I try to share it
0: yeah that's great uh, this is actually a really good transition point so I'm a huge proponent for like positivity positive energy optimism but also, not neglecting practicality, and uh, I'm curious, what are your thoughts on those things—positivity, gratitude, optimism—and how do they play into? This is more of a business question. How do they play into building a business?
1: Yeah, so I mean, th- they're part of my world. So every morning, I have a morning, you know, practice, and and part of that is, um, you know, five minute journal. Shout out to those guys, Alex and UJ. It's probably one of the best. I wish I would have created the five minute journal um, because I've probably spent I don't know I buy it for every one of my clients and I've 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 gone through dozens personally so it's like what a great product to have that just keeps needing to be replenished um, and just brings a lot of value right so gratitude uh, journaling I think what happens when it comes to the context of business is um, you have to ingrain it into you know kind of the meeting structures into the corporate culture because. Gratitude is the ultimate neutralizer, right? So like no matter how much crap you could be eating in your work and the market and the competitors, um, if you can just take a second to kind of identify and be grateful for, you know, two, three things, something could be mundane and other things could be big. Um, you can't be grateful and frustrated, scared, upset at the same time. Like it's the, it's the most powerful way of going from, I feel like my world is falling apart to neutralizing that feeling by shifting to a mind, uh, attitude of gratitude. And, um, uh, and that's why to me, it's a daily ritual.
0: Right. So, uh, when it comes to people around you, then, uh, do you const are you constantly doing like
1: a friend mentor
0: a- an evaluation? Yeah. yeah I inventory. call it a friend mentory <laughs> and I
1: cut all the time.
0: Dude, my favorite thing is Facebook, uh, birthday
1: alerts, right? <laughs> Every day I go unfriend, unfriend, unfriend unapologetically. And I think people are like, that's such a dick move. It's like, are you serious? You're going to let the fact, again, that happenstance in life made the fact that you were in a classroom with somebody 20 years ago, the <laughs> reason why you still consume the 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 anger and frustration of their reality, um, because you're worried about them considering you a ding-dong? i like, seriously? It's crazy. So my Facebook feed is actually amazing because – it's curated with people I actually know. My filter is: would I would I invite you to my house for dinner? And if I saw you in the mall, would I pretend like I didn't see you? It's a really simple filter, and I think those are really honest things. That way, if you see that I'm friends with somebody on Facebook more so than LinkedIn, for that matter. I actually know them and I like them. <laughs> um, but uh, yeah, I have a blog post I wrote about um, you know creating a friend inventory, just because that was probably the reason why today I still got my life together, coming from such a a crazy childhood is because um uh i learned that um the your 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 environment um matters probably more than than your self drive because you will raise your levels of um life to the expectations of others it's just how we're programmed in biology you know people say you're the average of five people you spend the most time with really it's about you will raise your, it's, it's why like if you're not fit, the fastest way to get fit is find the three fittest people that you know and and spend as much physical time around them because you will raise your expectations for yourself to their level and you'll feel like the biggest ding dong ordering the nachos and chicken wings <laughs> at the restaurant when they're ordering the, you know, the salad with the dressing on the side and some chicken breast.
0: Yeah, so. so you don't
1: even have to have a plan to get fit. You can just find the three fittest people and spend all your time with them and you will get there by osmosis. And I think that's why I think it matters, the content you consume, the ideas. We Actually, on our, we have a blackboard in our house kind of like where you'd write the dinner thing. And my wife puts quotes and right now it says, you are responsible for the energy you bring into this house. We tell our visitors
0: that walk into our house
1: – that they're responsible for the energy they bring into this house. Same, same
0: concept. That, that's pretty sweet, man. Actually, uh, do you, do people ever, you know, kind of look at you like, uh, you know, dude, have you been, you know, you know, it's funny because, you know, like
1: we, 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 we're busy entrepreneurs. So we have a lot of like um, support people, right? So like, I've got my like AV guy, we've got like the lawn guy, we've got, you know, the guy that does like home stuff, takes care of things for us. And they're the ones you know, for what, no no judgment, but they're the ones that ask about that stuff. All my other friends, we're all on the same page. Like they've got libraries in their house. They've got inspirational quotes. They have morning ritual. Uh, They eat organic, you know, local, like, it's so funny how, um, as you elevate your, um, thinking and, um, you know, just quality of life, the people that you meet are, they share the same thing. It's like, I've never met a successful, like pound for, like people think like, oh, I know a successful guy and he's overweight. Maybe, but if you look at the Fortune 500 CEOs, 80% of them are fit, right? Or 80% (laughs) of them have libraries in their house. Or, you know, they have habits and rituals and structure and it's like, there's a reason why they do that is because they're high performers.
0: Yeah, so, man. I mean, it says something about their character, you know. Totally. Someone, someone who's going to spend their entire life completely out of shape and hating the way they look and hating the way they feel physically is not. They don't have a, a mentality for success. They're not ex, They don't. They're not in search of excellence, and that's that's what happens. Is if you get to be successful
1: in business and you learn that. I mean, look, everybody knows Gary Vaynerchuk. Maybe not your audience. I don't know, but Gary V, right? I mean, he got to the same point where he's like, hey, man. I'm, I'm good in all these other areas, but my health is really shitty and it's a hedge. It's like, I, if you want to, um, you know, I want to be, I'm never like people say like, Dan, why don't you, you know, have you thought of retiring? And I'm like, from what, (laughs) from me being me? Like, I can't do that. I, I'm, I don't understand that concept because it's just even vacations other than for my kids. I don't understand because I don't need a vacation. Like I literally – my day is – I structured my day and I continue to refine my day so that it's got elements of different things. And I've structured my businesses and the way I invest in companies and communicate with them in a way that's distributed so that I can be wherever I need to be or want to be and, 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 and still operate. So it's kind of funny how like people don't know that there is this other world out there. Right. And once you see it, it's hard to unsee it. That's the cool part. And that's why I love sharing. You know, I appreciate you having me on here is I just love showing people what's possible um, because for a lot of people, they just don't know. It's like they don't even realize it's a thing. So now they know. Yeah. Yeah. I I,
0: do. The people that ask you that, if you're if you plan on retiring, are they uh, like working a nine to five? Totally. totally. Yeah. 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 And it's no judgment. I, I know where
1: that's coming from. Right. But I mean, I just tell them right off the bat, like, I can't retire from being me. And that's what I do every day and i don't have a need to want to golf or spend time on a beach and and when i do i go and i do that like that's the funny part is i i go we we spend two months a year in san diego on the beach like and that's crazy too much time for me right um every day yeah like every day i have time with my kids so i don't need to take a vacation to do that and you know, every day I create something to help the world. Every day I try to share and serve other people. I mean, it's just part of my day, and my week, and my month and my quarter. So, like, I don't need to take a vacation from my life.
0: Yeah, yeah. Now, the thought of waking up with no schedule, and then I guess that's that.
1: That is not me. And and the reason why I'll I'll, I'll leave you with this. One, well, not leave you, but I'm gonna I'm gonna say this is you know uh, Abraham. Um, I think it was Winslow, so one of the Abraham said. Um, Every moment you have two choices, either you move forward in growth or you move backwards in in, um, in safety. So I don't wanna be safe, period. That's not why I'm here, it's not my purpose in my life, it's not why I went through what I did as a kid and got through it, it's not why I'm alive today. So if that means that I don't retire, I am totally already cool with that and I'm super grateful that I get to do that every day and like, that's just it. Like, that's the funny part is I want to create every day and I want it to be hard. I don't like what, like one of my, in my manifesto, I'm looking at it's It's saying, uh, become the person who can deal. Like instead of wishing you had no problems, why won't you wish that you were the kind of person that could deal with those problems? So retiring from what? So I can be a mediocre version of myself. F that on every effing level, not happening.
0: It's awesome, man. Seriously, that's great stuff. That's good. Uh, so I got a couple more questions for you. Uh, what is next for you, man? What's coming up? Give me like a, I don't know, three, five, ten year snapshot. Yeah, and, uh... I
1: mean, I'll, I'll give you like the highway, the the high level, the way I look at it. I've, I kind of three areas in my life: the mission, the method, and the movement. Um, the The mission is to. Um, really take everything I've learned and continue to build kind of like the business side of the empire, right? So that's like um, other software companies, uh, continue investing. I'm an angel investor in 37 companies like Intercom and Udemy and Getaround and Unbounce.com, like just a ton of business-to-business SaaS products. That's that's my world. Um, so that's not going to stop. So that's, that's kind of the mission. The movement um, is uh, the work I do with at-risk youth. So um, a big part of, I have a program called Creators. And I help um, teenagers build their confidence through building businesses. And it's not about business success, it's about uh, teaching them how to be self-sustaining and and learn those lessons that I learned at a young age that gives them optionality and builds that confidence. And I don't know any better way to do that than learning how to create value in the world and capture that value through selling it and all that fun stuff. So that's the Creator's Program. So. That is, that is my movement. And then the method is what I do on my YouTube uh, video, my book that I'm, I'm finishing up, um, speaking when that occurs, and, uh, and that's just teaching and giving back. And those are like the three pillars of my life. And um, I kind of think of how do I push those forward uh, week to week. And yeah, so I mean, I could, each one of those has kind of like its own strategic roadmap um, and a and a vision of impact but um and i'm i'm 'm equally excited about all three like they 're all very meaningful they 're all very um you know uh pillars or or legs on the stool you know what i mean of who I am and how i want to show up so um yeah that 's just what i do
0: yeah it 's pretty apparent just through the audio here that that you 're pretty passionate about that that 's really cool that 's awesome yes. um actually how so do you um I, this question just kind of snuck up on me but uh, i 'm curious so and you've got your two boys, do you plan on kind of introducing entrepreneurialism and creating and Dude, providing I
1: wish my wife, my wife, she'd laugh at it. We, <laughs> we started we started when they were born, man.
0: Yeah? Yeah, talk oh about gosh. that for a second.
1: All the time. Well, right off the bat, growth mindset versus fixed mindset, right? So like Carol Dweck's concepts of, you know, like she has a whole chapter around kids. So like every day I ask them, what did you fail at today? You know, every day. Um Last night, you know, uh, I brought uh, Max. I grabbed my buddy Nasim, and we went out for pizza. We were talking about, you know, like I, I said, you know, because he really likes pizza. And I said, well, do you want to own a restaurant someday? Do you want to be an entrepreneur? And he's like, yeah. It's like, okay, <laughs> cool. I, I want to start him thinking about him being able to create the things that he loves, you know. Then we went for frozen yogurt. It's like, oh, you really like frozen yogurt? You like it more than pizza? Do you want to own a frozen yogurt place? And he's like, whoa. Then he saw across the street there was like a jumping, you know, we call it sky zone. It's like a trampoline park. Oh, I know what it is. Yeah. Yeah. So he's like, I was like, do you want to own that? You want to own the pizza? You want to own the frozen yogurt? And he's like, I want the sky zone. It's like great, you know. So I'm, I, like, I mean, these are things that. Um, I, you know, I remember reading, um, it was, uh, the oil baron dude, uh, Rockefeller, his, his biography and in it, uh, his dad was just a total mess up and he'd show up like once every six months. And, uh, when, when he was 13, his dad showed up and gave him like 50 grand and said, build a house for your, for your mom and your brother and take care of it. And then took off. And at 13 years old, he contracted, negotiated manage and paid for a new home being built. And I was like, holy crap at 13, but of course, you know, so I'm like, I think we totally underestimate what our kids are possible like what they can do. I you know what my biggest little little uh, recent rant is is the amount of parents that do things for their kids because it's inconvenient for them to wait. Oh, I am like ready to <laughs> like I when I go pick up my kids at uh they go to this like power play area, like the parents are like won't even let the kids learn to put their shoes on. And they're wondering why a seven-year-old can't tie their own shoelaces. Well, it's because you kept doing it for them. My kids bathe themselves, dry, dry themselves off, dress themselves, get their snacks off the little drawer, what, you know, turn the TV on for five minutes, watch that, and put themselves to bed. And that's like a thing. I mean, it's, <laughs> because I sat there for 30 minutes, 45 minutes. Even last night, my kid, my, my, buddy, my little boy Max wanted uh, me to cut his pizza and I refused to do it. He said you know, no. said <laughs> I said no. And you got twenty minutes of just freaking out, freaking out. My buddy who was with me was like, "Maybe I should have said no to this dinner," um, because he like, <laughs> he's known him since he' base, so he like he understood. I said, "Look, we got to let him go through this." Even it's so funny. The the waitress came over and was like, "What does he not like the pizza?" And I said, "No, no, he's he, he's he's just going through a thing. It's good." Well, no, 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 I want. And like you could see, she had such a motherly like. Yeah, yeah. Better, and I go no, it's good. We just need to let him be. And she's like, but I don't understand that. Like, what does, <laughs> what does he want? Does, do you want me to cut the pizza for him? I said, no, that's the problem. And my buddy Nassim looks at me and he just laughs and, and he's like, it's, we got this. And she just felt like I want to make this good. And I'm like, no, that is the worst thing I could do for them. And it's always about like short term pain for a long term gain. And I don't want, I want to, Like I'm, I will, I will be present and empathetic for my kids when it's warranted. Like my, my, my son, Noah, three years old, broke his arm, uh, 10 days ago. Right. And when it happens, you, you know, you're not going to be this like stoic father and just like shut up and, So you know, we like you're there, but at the same time, um, you know, he's, he's using the bathroom by himself. Cause I'm not gonna sit there and pull down his pants and pull him up because he can figure out and it is the cutest thing to watch this kid try to pull up his shorts and he does like this squat to hold his shorts up and then grab <laughs> you know what I mean? But he figured it out He figured out to play with his toys with his feet, right I mean that people do so much for their kids and, and they do it at their detriment and their ability to grow and show them what's possible because of their own insecurities, of their own self-worth that's tied to their kids attitude like I can't even imagine like these 18 year old, Uh, kids with mothers that uh, the pressure of like getting into a school and being successful, and if they don't, they go into a depression. The moms are like depressed because their whole identity was tied to their kids' success. My life and my self-worth is not connected to my kids' outcome, period. Even though I do everything I can to be a great dad, I'm probably going to do something to mess them up a little bit, and that's just the way it's going to be because you can't control that. And I just think that it's crazy – for people to uh, to not understand that,
0: <laughs> man, I'm glad you kept talking there. I almost interrupted you a couple times. Uh, I don't. You just it was like one of those like. <laughs> there, no, there were there were a couple of sore subjects there that I I could I it's could just, go it's on all for days about.
1: Like literally stuff I've been seeing in the last week that I just I haven't I don't really talk about this stuff. So you, so your fault for opening up Yeah, and you've got but.
0: your two boys are in hockey, right? They just started indoor ball hockey. Yep. All right. So give them a couple of years, and they all you know, you know all the gear that's involved with hockey. And uh, when they have all that gear, right shoulder pads, helmet, elbow pads, gloves, pants, a cup, shin guards, skates, all that stuff. Um, every single parent that I see at my son's practice puts all their gear on for him. Oh, stop! Except for my son. And I'm not, Dude, is this, I know not. This isn't this. I'm not whole. I'm not better than anybody. It's not that. It's just that I believe that he can put on if he can play he can carry his own well, gear that's what he I'm can saying. put on his own gear
1: my, my kid no one's got a broken arm and he we, we go to the we were on vacation last week at a amusement park and he's like i can't walk i can't walk it's like you can walk i watched you do it last night while you played in the backyard with your toys and you did that for three hours you can walk yeah. <laughs> and it's like oh crap you know busted it's like come on like yeah, kids. Kids can figure it out. Oh, I don't know how to use this uh, this thing. It's like you figured figure it out <laughs> real fast. So you're you're smart. And and, and you know what? It, I don't I don't blame them because I get where it comes from. That's why it's not a judgment thing. It's just an awareness that I want them to understand that um, if they truly care about their child, because here's the thing is when the wor- when they go into the world into the market, air quotes, it doesn't give a crap about right. where they grew up or what they who their parents were and if you do not allow them to figure that out and cope when you're there to at least kind of give guidance i think it's a huge disservice when they when they grow up into to young men and, and women and and then realize the world is 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 what it is right it's a super fair um, if you crave value great and if you don't you don't get rewarded and that's just the way it's going to be nobody's going to put your freaking shoes on for you
0: that's right man it's also very competitive and you know i'd hate to see my son go out to the world get kicked in the balls one time and then give up
1: yeah. Well, what happened? How, why'd he kick me? I thought you didn't put my cup on mom. What happened? <laughs> Come on.
0: Oh man, that's good stuff. Um, okay. Well, you know, we're kind of up against it here, but, uh, I do have one more question. I asked this to all my guests and, um, this should be a really easy one for you since you actually do this, uh, for, for, you know, for your know, paid speaking engagements. But, uh, I want you to imagine for a second that you are giving a keynote and these are kind of your closing statements, but the audience in this case, they're primarily parents, right? Like the audience of this podcast and, uh, or are working people and they want to pursue their entrepreneurial path. Um, this will be the first time they go into something like that. They're passionate about it, but they feel time strapped, cash strapped, energy strapped, things like that. And they're looking to you, Dan, for some kind of parting wisdom so they can actually get going. And what do you tell them? I,
1: that is such a great question. Um, I think a ton of stuff I could go with, but I'm going to share probably the most powerful thing uh, that shaped my life. Um, that I tell all kind of parent entrepreneurial parents is the role of the two CEOs. Um, In a family, and this this was shared to me. It's so funny. She she talked to me about it. Her name is Esther Perel. She's a two time TED speaker, like real TED, not TEDx. She wrote a book, uh, "Mating in Captivity." She's one of the top psychologists that works with you know stars and athletes um, with with uh, you know marital issues. And uh, we were both speaking at an event. I just you know I was like, oh my god, I have such an opportunity to just like you know, try to download her, her thoughts on, on, you know, how do you, how do you do this? How do you be a great husband and partner and also still, you know, uh, be driven and care and then also be a great father. And, you know, and she talked to me about, um, this concept and the two CEOs is the CEO of the relationship and the CEO of the family. And the reason why it's important to understand those roles is because if you don't, then there's, uh, animosity, when one of them um, doesn't appreciate the other role. And in the way she explains it, she says it's, it's because one of them thinks about that other area and takes care of those things and continues to improve on those things. The other one can kind of compartmentalize and know that it's been delegated or kind of taken care of so that they can be world class at the other one, right? So if you think about it, it's like your kids want nothing more for, for mom and dad than to be happy. So who's responsible for mom and dad? And there's nothing more important than the kids to make sure that they're fed and they got sunscreen on and they've got their clothes and they've got the thing. They need their hockey stick when they go. Like there's there's things that are family. It's not a gender thing. It's really about like who owns that, who owns us, who owns family, right? And I think it's important because as you want to do the business stuff, Um, that's going to be pulling. And if you don't understand that, then it's easy to get frustrated, right? So like, because she taught us this, all of a sudden now, my wife doesn't fight me when I want to take her out um, on date night, right? Because she burnt out, blah, blah, blah. Because she understands that's my responsibility. And at the same token, I appreciate and understand why she does the dishes and cleans the house before the cleaning lady shows up. Because she's taking care of the family and it's not about, can somebody else do this? It's about, her um filter for how she wants the family unit to be taken care of and and on the flip side again she uh puts the sunscreen on my kids at 6 a.m because she thinks about what's the day going to look like and and is there going to be a strong sun and are they going to the beach today etc where i would never think that because it's just not natural to me right and i think if you can um decide that before you start your business that we have these two very important roles and somebody needs to own each one and through that ownership we can release the anxiety and worry around the other thing and know that that person is taking care of it, that will build an incredibly strong family and not make it where I see, unfortunately, that businesses, if they're successful, usually cause a lot of pain in the family, right? And if they're and, and regardless if they're even if they're not successful, it usually creates a lot of pain. And I think you can you can uh, minimize reduce the probability at a, at, a, at any level by really understanding these two roles and, and, and letting the other partner own them. Right.
0: Wow, man, that's that's I've actually never heard the the role of TCO's explained She explained. This is
1: funny. Detail. I she told us this at a conference, and then I invited her to speak to a group of entrepreneurs, and I said, Hey, t- tell everybody about the role the you know because it, she it was called surviving the startup. And she forgot that she told me that just like, I can't remember what I said 10 minutes ago. You're like, do you want to cut me off? She forgot. It was just like, and I think it's probably one of the most powerful concepts that, uh, that she should write a whole book around. She should make that her next Ted talk. It's, this is fascinating.
0: Yeah, that is unbelievable. I love that, man. That's awesome. Um, yeah, that's great. That's great. Uh, well, listen, Dan, um, This has been a lot of fun. I know that the audience is going to get a ton of value out of this. Um, There's some insight here that I haven't heard from anybody else that I've had on the show or anyone else that I've spoken to since I've gotten into this world. Um, So I really appreciate you coming on. This has been great, man.
1: Gordon, it's been my absolute pleasure. And uh, anybody that would love to learn more uh, about me and just connect, go to damartel.com forward slash startup family. Um, I, I, I actually did a video for my YouTube that talks about these five key areas from boundaries to being present to the two roles, to the block time, to knowing your why as a family. And I'd love to just, um, have your audience, you know, connect with me and consume that content if it can be helpful. And, uh, two L's to com forward slash startup family.
0: I'll absolutely link that in the show notes. And I know you're on Twitter. I know you're on YouTube. Uh, LinkedIn. Where else do you hang out? Where else can people get in touch with you? Uh, you
1: uh, YouTube comments is where I ask people to ask me questions. Uh, Dan at Dan Martell, 2 lsmartellcom is where you can reach me. I will let you know that Stephanie, my assistant, processes all my emails. But um, no, she's great. If, yeah, if you're if you're short and thoughtful, she'll usually pass those along to me. And uh, and uh, I love I just you know I love helping where I can. And the beauty of 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 being in a position now to kind of give back is that. Uh, 90% of the questions people have for me these days I've got a video that answers that, it's kind of neat Um, taking <laughs> taking all those questions you get asked in your emails and, and through social media and just producing your answers and having that as the answer of record is was kind of a neat byproduct I didn't expect Uh, until about six months ago I learned, it's like oh man, 80% of the stuff people are asking me I've got an answer to and now it's 90 and hopefully it'll be 100
0: yeah, <laughs> oh, <laughs> awesome. man, that, yeah that's pretty cool uh, all right, Dan. Well, hey, man. Thank you so much one more time, man. This was awesome. Cool. You have a great day. Yeah, Cheers. Too. Take care. Man, I learned so much from that interview with Dan and, and some of the conversation we had before the interview and after the interview that I didn't air. But also, uh, I went on and spent a lot more time since we've had that interview on his YouTube page, checking out more content. I had already spent a lot of time on there anyway. And I have to tell you that no matter what situation you're in professionally, and whether you're building a business, you're an entrepreneur, you're an investor, you're an employee somewhere, you are an aspiring you know, corporate hero trying to make your way up the ladder, it doesn't really matter. All of his content is likely relevant to your situation or almost all of it is likely relevant to your situation. And he does such a good job of conveying the problem that he's trying to talk about and then what the specifics are around that problem or around that topic or around that category that he's trying to talk about. He's very, very good at dissecting the issue and getting down to the bottom line. So if you haven't yet, go over to Dan's YouTube page, check it out, spend some time. It's all free content and just look for something that might be appealing in the title to your situation. Watch it. And I guarantee you will get value out of it. And speaking of value, if you enjoyed this interview at all, if you've enjoyed the podcast at all, please, I'm asking you to do a couple things. One, share it with a friend, tell them about it, maybe point them to the link, tell them the name. And please, if you haven't yet subscribe and rate us on iTunes, that is how I generate a bigger audience and reach out to more people and try to empower them to get to where they actually want to go. So if you could do those for me, I would absolutely appreciate it more than I can express in words. Thank you so much for your time. And I'll catch you guys in the next episode. Take care.